What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 19 of the Flip Screen Games podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come to... Oh, wait. Holy shit. I have the wrong background for this show. Oof. Okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Should we start, start. Ready? <laughs> Cold open. <laughs> Three. Three, two, one. What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 19.5 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, <laughs> a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together with the right background to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Stephen. How are you doing this fine, fine day? I am good. I, we survived the Game Awards. Do you know I slept in until 3 p.m. the day after because I didn't end up getting to sleep till like half five in the morning because I was still wide awake by the time I went because I'd had a nap and, and a double espresso, which was probably not the wisest of ideas, but I don't think I could have made it through that stream. Otherwise, it was so long. That's so many hours. I just was like counting to myself because I was like, oh, you had to get your eight hours. It's like, no, you like hit way no, more. That than was that. like, it was like 11 hours, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time. I must have been exhausted from the week as well. And then it was compounded sure. by the fact that I stayed up till ridiculously late. I cannot imagine how Olaf in the, the chat, who Anasobi, they like were there the whole hog and they're an hour ahead of where I am. So it's like yeah. wow. They like the stream must have ended until five for them. Yeah, even later, I thought I think for uh for Olaf. Um I feel like it was like half past five thirty when we finally called. Oh him. yeah, it was crazy. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Past five. Um yeah, what was the stream was four hours, right? Like it was that was the longest one we've ever done. Yeah, we were on, we were on for three hours and fifty minutes because we had the like ten minutes before, and I think it went over a little bit. Uh, but yeah, crazy. You know, uh, it's funny because there was a there was definitely a point I think like three hours in where I was like, oof. I saw it. Ever, I think everyone here. saw it hit you, and I think it was also the moment when you got slightly pissed off with the game awards in general because they rattled off like yes. six awards at once and you were like yeah, oh we're I, just gonna do this again then are we <laughs> yeah I, I definitely definitely got a little annoyed at that but it was funny because i feel like i got a second wind in the last hour and i was like ah, i could go for like another two hours and we gotta like <laughs> yeah i i, oh, I think i could have i could have gone longer because i went to bed and i was still like alert and wide awake uh, yeah yeah, I like did the dishes when we were done because I was like, I need to like, I've still got this energy before I go to bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I should have gone down and fed the cat because he didn't get fed till like 12 when Macaulay got up. So that was bad. Oh, no. Because Macaulay was up too. <laughs> it was, that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, on this week's show, we are going to talk all about them, their game awards. We've got uh, our overall impressions, our, our reactions to some of our favorite announcements, uh, and a bunch of responses from y'all in the community. If you want to catch the entire VOD of our four-hour stream, we stream the entire pre-show, watch the whole thing live. If you want to catch it all, uh, you can head over to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash flipscreengames, where that VOD is still up for a couple days. 
Uh, but if you don't get to it before you hear this, uh, you can also go check it out on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter at the blue coin level or above, you'll get access to our entire Twitch archive. Um, so go check it out. There's a lot of good stuff over there. And especially if you're like later to the game, if you've missed any of our you know streams in the past, you can watch Steve's whole run of Shenmue and all kinds of good stuff over there. So check it out. Uh, it's a great way to show your support. Speaking of which, allow me to remind you that this episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of December. They are, of course, Andy Radford, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Smilky Shake, Wakahula, and Zaid Ida. So many of those folks came and tuned in for the entirety of that four-hour stream. So thank you all for your support over on Patreon.com slash FlipScreenGames and for showing up and hanging out with us uh, this past week because it was a blast and uh, we wouldn't have done it without you. So thanks for thanks for rocking with us. It was a good time. Uh, so speaking of the Patreon. Uh, there's a couple other cool goodies you can get if you head over there, um, including our show. One more thing where we, uh, that's our Patreon exclusive podcast where we talk about kind of what's going on in our lives, what's going on outside the world of video games for the most part. Um, this past week we talked about, uh, me becoming an uncle, uh, and getting to meet my, my best friend's kid, uh, for the first time and how that, uh, you know, it gave me some warm fuzzies, you know, making me think about about some of the some of the nice, beautiful things that happen in this uh, this ugly world. Um, so so go check that out. It was I think it was a pretty uplifting episode. We started talking about a lot of negative stuff, and then we talked about a lot of positive stuff. So it's like there's a nice arc there. I think on this last week's show. So go check it out. Uh, best way to show your support and get some extra content from us. Uh, then, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, there's a bunch of ways you can do that, even if you don't have any money to toss our way. Head over to flipscreen.games, our website, where we have links to our Discord, our Twitch, our email address, uh, where you can write in questions at flipscreen.games. And all of those are great ways for you to come be part of the show, keep the conversation rolling after the show ends, uh, or get your thoughts read on the air, just like all of the fine folks who wrote in for this week's Talking Point, all about the Game Awards. And, of course, over on the Discord, we're there. We're there hanging out. So if you want to come chat with us, if you want to come meet all of the folks who you hear uh, writing into the show and, you know, you hear us reading their names every week, like like your Docs, like your Rays, like your Olafs, all kinds of those folks, you can go meet them and come be a part of what we're building here at Flip Screen Games. We'd love to have you. So let's let's just jump into it. You know, I normally on this show, we talk about what we're playing this week. Uh, we will talk a little bit about Steve's impressions on this this whole Matrix Unreal 5 engine thing. But aside from that, we're keeping it tuned to the Game Awards and, and kind of all of that because there's so much of it. And if we talk about Halo for 45 minutes, we'll never get through this episode. So next week will be all Halo talk, uh, all about the campaign. Hey, and I'm getting some inscription uh, in there too because I need to convince you to play that Yeah, game. yeah. Totally, totally. Um, so any of the stuff that you were waiting to hear us talk about this week, we'll, we'll absolutely hit on next week's show. Um, but this is going to be kind of a Game Awards special. So let's let's strap in. Uh, I want to start with kind of our overall impressions, and then we can hear from some of the folks in the community before we get into the announcements, the awards. Obviously, we did our predictions. We'll be checking in on that. If you caught it live, uh, you already know who won. If you didn't, then guess what? You can hear that uh, in just a few minutes. So I, I would like to 
start with you, Steve. How are, how are you feeling now, now that the game awards are in the rear view? We talked about it the week prior about how there seemed to be a lot of negativity around the show mm-hmm. going into it this year. We were a little surprised by that, I think. Um, and we kind of talked about the, the merits and demerits um, of the game awards. And now on the other side of this year's show, which was, I believe, the longest yet. Um, how are you feeling about it? So, um, I, yeah, I, I hadn't seen any of that negativity. I remember in the discussion. And I think my concern was it was going to be like last year where they rattled off a bunch of awards and we didn't get to see anyone coming up really and making speeches for some of those those bigger awards. And, and I think we were in two minds as to whether that was going to happen again or whether that was partially because of the whole remote thing and people not being able to call in or whatever it was. And unfortunately, the same thing happened again. We had awards pre-announced in the like pre-show before the main thing even kicked off. And then throughout the show, even some of the bigger ones like score and music and um, I think even Games for Impact, they just got rattled off. You know, I don't think we Games saw Games for Impact was one of the pre-show ones. Yeah, we, so we didn't even see the like the Life is Strange team coming up. Um, Sim and Strategy yeah. again. Uh, we didn't get to hear from the Age of Empires people. Same as Family Game. Family Game, you can maybe understand it because obviously it kind of ties in with the, the game of the year. But some of them, I think it was a little bit like, well... Why? Because we've got so many ads and announcements and this is a three and a half hour show. Could you have not like shunted something or given a little bit more room for the actual awards? Because that's what this show is called. It's the the game awards. And I can, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's probably a good time to read out Griffnick's responses because I kind of agree with, with what they were saying in that this has shifted from an actual awards to more like a game reveal show. Sure. Yeah, I'll read this comment that came from uh, Griffinix from the community, and um, and then I'll give my thoughts. <clears throat> so Griffinix wrote in and said, I couldn't watch it, but I was surprised by my reaction to the people talking about it online in real time. Nearly everyone watching was talking about the reveals and announcements and not who was actually winning which awards. And that took me off guard for a bit, even though I know the announcements are a big selling point for the Game Awards. I just feel like the messaging of it has shifted from a celebration of the industry to another industry event for game reveals like Gamescom and E3. All the complaints I have about this year's show have been the lack of huge announcements or that previous year's announcements were bigger or better. To me, the show peaked in uh, 2017 and 2018. I thought at that time it would be getting better and better, but I was disappointed in the last two years' shows because of the sudden commercialization of it all. I can't speak to this year's show, of course. Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think particularly with the idea that like the 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 show peaked a couple of years ago. Um, I really feel like there used to be a better balance, and maybe it's that I had less. You know, maybe I I was less cynical about it at the time. Maybe I wasn't you know um, as eagle eyed as I am now. I, who's to say, right? Like if you go back and compare it, it, we might find that it's it's we're we're remembering it more fondly than it was. Um, but yeah, I gotta say, like, I, I found myself frustrated, um, by this year's show a bit. Like I, you know, I think I said on, on one more thing this week, no matter what, like watching the show is going to be enjoyable, right? Because, you know, we watched it together. We watched it with the community when there were big announcements or cool hype moments, you know, those are exciting and, and that's great and everything. 
Um, and when it's boring or slow, it's, you know, we could razz it. So it's like, I still had fun watching the show. I'm sure I will tune in again next year. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't mean to, uh, like plant my flag too harshly so that next year when I watch the show again and, and get excited about it, you know, everybody is calling me out um, because I think ultimately, you know, Griffinick's making the point that like, it feels like the, the focus has shifted. I think that's the thing for me is like, this felt like it might as well have been opening night live or like the summer event or, you know, like any of the other things that Jeff does now, um, which is disappointing because I don't mind that tone and presentation for those things for like, you know, summer games fest and those kinds of things that are supposed to be, you know, just a hype event, you know, like that's fine. But like, I feel like the point of the game awards should be for the industry and, you know, the folks on the edges of the industry, right? Like press and, and enthusiasts and fans um, to come in and, celebrate the previous year of games you know and i'm cool with a few hype announcements i'm cool with a few you know celebrity guests or whatever but it feels like more and more that's what the focus is on and i remember there was a, a one or two periods in the show when we were live streaming it where i think the first time i said it it was a joke but then the next two times i genuinely meant it where i was like man i don't even remember the last time we had an award Right? Yeah. like or it's been it's been a you know half hour 45 minutes since we've had an award well, we got and then we got the... to that point no no I, go ahead, I was go ahead. we got to the last half an hour of the show or what we assumed was the last half an hour of the show because jeff said it was a four-hour show including the pre-show or three and a half hours including the pre-show and we still had six awards left to give and i was like are they just gonna do the final bit as just all awards and then i think five of them just all got rattled off in one hit and it, we were left and like, with just the game of the year then and for a lot of those categories i mean not even just those categories where they were rattled off but for a lot of the categories we didn't even read who the other nominees were it was just like best family game they were just it takes two best yeah. yeah and like just jeff just being like this this game this this game this this game and it's just like fucking really like what's even the point then you know, mm. like, I, and, you know, I think that that really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, not having the room for, you know, all but a very few number of the award recipients to come up and talk. And every I think every one of them acknowledged that they were being rushed off the stage. Oh, yeah. So it was like, uh, oh, it's telling me I need to uh, I need to hurry up here. Wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, again, that's fine. Like, I know that that's a reality of award shows, that, like, you need to limit how much people talk. You need to keep things moving. Fine. But, like, really? What, did they all have, like, 30 seconds to talk? Like, come on. And, yeah, like, we had some guy come out pretending to be on his phone playing playing Halo or watching Halo on Twitch. Yeah. And that bit just went on and on and on. And I was like, this isn't funny in the slightest bit. I don't know no. why the audience are even laughing. It just comes across as rude that you don't even care enough to really pay attention to it. And a lot of the the like Hollywood like, celebrities, scripted, right? Like, yeah, I know it is, but like uh, that seemed to be the case that a lot of the Hollywood people that were there were trying to like tie in with video games when it was kind of obvious that they didn't really understand it. Because I, I, he, he definitely didn't really understand what was what was going on i don't think 
I mean, I don't even, maybe I, I just like, I don't even want to like read it that hard. Cause like, I don't know, you know, uh, I think it's some, some you, I, I forget how to pronounce his name, but he's the actor who played uh, Shang-Chi mm-hmm. most recently in, in the, uh, the MCU. And, you know, he's a real star on the rise right now. Um, I don't know. Like, he could be into games. He could love Halo. Like, that could be Possibly, true. Yeah, but, and it could uh, just you know, be a bad bit that went on though, too long. That bit but... was, was awful. I hated that. And, and then we had so many music things as well. It was just like, here's Imagine Dragons on stage for like 10 minutes. We opened the show with Sting doing like a god-awful piece of music that... I don't think anyone enjoyed. Everyone in the chat was just like, "What is this? Like, why?" So many is this people in our chat a- were like, "Who is this?" And it made <laughs> me feel so old. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, and and that's the thing, right? Is I also they had the same thing with the Suicide Squad trailer where they had that actress come out and pretend to be Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad, you know, franchise, and like, I just don't. See, I didn't you know, even know that. Like, I didn't know that it was someone pretending to be someone else. I thought it was just a person coming out and acting and doing a bit. Whereas if yeah. like she's pretending to be another actress, that's a bit strange. Like, couldn't you? No, get she's me? pretending to be the character. Right. Okay. So, Amanda Waller is a character in the the DC universe who is the the leader of the Suicide Squad. She's like a government agent who goes and gets the you know the the criminals and the supervillains and stuff and and sends them on these suicide black ops missions so she's an awful like evil woman basically mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah and it's like i don't i don't need that like i don't need hokey like bits i don't need to watch you know keanu reeves and and what's her name from the matrix like on a green screen being like this iconic scene from the matrix yeah. here's it's like and just, just and just actual movie trailers, so right? Time. Like we just had a like Guillermo great, del Toro great. movie trailer. We had the Matrix movie trailer and the Sonic one. I get, but the other two was just like this is a bit strange. And Jeff also did that thing that he did at the Summer Game Fest where he like pre-announced all, a lot of the big surprises on Twitter. It was like the Suicide Squad game's going to be there. We're going to see the Matrix, um, like Awakens, Unreal Five, and Unreal Engine Five thing. And it's like. That Unreal Engine 5 thing, the Matrix thing, one, they didn't even show the demo. It was just it was just um, Keanu talking about the demo. And that was the final world premiere of the show. And we already knew it was coming because it was on the store like two days ago where you could pre-download it. And he'd already told everyone about it. And it was just very strange that you kind of, you take the air out of the out of the announcement if you pre-announce that it's going to be there you're expecting it to be there and we don't have yeah. that big reveal but there is a rumor that the show was meant to close with the bioshock reveal and the real reveal of the new bioshock game and it got pulled last minute which is why mm. it just abruptly ended as soon as uh joseph was off stage it was just like right that's it that's the end of the game award bye and we didn't close yeah, out with with a final world premiere, which I think if it was the Bioshock thing, that would have been a really cool reveal. That would have been have hype been, as hell. Yeah, people have been hungry yeah. for a new Bioshock for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I the other, the other thing that really, I think, uh, rubbed me the wrong way the more I think about it, right, is, you know, I know... And correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We're recording at an odd time, so like I'm not, I'm not as on as I usually am. No way, yeah. But, but uh, we we talked about um, kind of what happened with the way that the show started, right? And Jeff coming out and giving this statement about 
you know, supporting developers and, you know, like better working. It's like very this like thinly veiled. Let's address the Activision Blizzard thing without saying Activision Blizzard. Right. And which I think we both at the time thought it was like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad he's addressed it. But then, and and I liked that that was how they opened the show. Yes, like me I, too. I I I appreciated that choice. You know, however, feel free. Go ahead. Then, like three trailers in, I think it was, we have this like Fucking Star Quantic Wars Dream. reveal, and it's Quantic Dream who have been accused of the exact same thing, and then they took it a step further by suing journalists for libel. It's like you, it just it really goes against everything you've just said. Like if you specifically wanted to call out Activision, fair enough, but. You made it like an industry-wide thing, which it clearly is. There's clearly a a larger problem throughout the entire industry. It's not just focused at one studio. But then to give shoot that report about about Bungie just came out, and we had the Destiny trailer too, right? So it's like, you know, I I guess there's an argument to be made that it's like it's kind of. Would you have anyone here announcing games if uh, if you you know made it a whole industry-wide thing? I I don't know. I just think it's it just it really especially considering people know that about Quantic Dream, right? It's one of the, like a a hostile work environment is something they've been accused of multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah, And I, you know, to play to, I guess to play devil's advocate to that, right? Like there is, there is a conversation I guess to be had about like, okay, but like have things changed since then? Like, are they just burned forever? Like, you know, I don't know. Right. Like there, there's, it's not a, it's certainly not a black and white issue, but I feel like to have the show start with that and then immediately, you know, afterwards we have this and you know, I don't know, like it, 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 it rubs me the wrong way a little bit, you know? And, and like, I think overall, um, I like I think it was it was a fine enough show, but I definitely found myself frustrated by some of the things that we're talking about. And it feels like it's getting worse, not better for the show to be longer and for there to still not be time for there to actually be any conversation about the awards Mm -hmm. um, is is I don't know about that. You know, like that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. And the idea of being like, ah, it's going to be four hours next year. and We still won't read the fucking awards. It's like. Okay, like I don't, I don't know how many more of these I have in me if this is the trajectory we're going. You know, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is like fair enough if you are gonna combine some of the awards because that was some of the other stuff they did, right? So that makes sense to me. If, yeah. if one game wins multiple awards and you want to have them come up one time and be like, "Hey, like, thank you so much, the team, blah blah blah, our fans, our families," like, great, like we only need one speech from you. That mm-hmm. totally makes sense to me. But it's when stuff like, you know, Games for Impact and they don't get to come on stage and even accept an award because it was, that was done the in the, in the that, pre-show. Like, one, yes. Even though they were nominated for, what, four? And they we don't get to hear from them? Like, mm-hmm. that sucks. Like, Yeah, same as, like, uh, Sim Strategy Game, Age of Empires 4 one, and we didn't hear from them. Um, uh, I mean, Deathloop we did, we did get to hear from. I think a lot of them we did get to, we did get to hear from, but it was some of the smaller ones, you know, like, uh, uh, most anticipated. We didn't hear from, we didn't hear from them. Um, that makes sense though, right? Debut, like, I don't need to hear them. Debut indie, I don't think we heard from either. Uh, I don't think so. So it's like some of the bigger ones we didn't, we didn't even get to hear from. None of the people awards we, we got to hear from either, like best esports player or, um, uh, like 
uh, even stuff I, I, we had I think the like best ongoing game wasn't that Reggie that came out and did that like that got a that got a, like a a bit yes but I don't know yeah, I was I was glad was. to see Reggie there I, every time I see him I like it and you made the point Always that he's, happy just, to see Reggie. he's just Reggie now he's like Madonna and you don't even need to have have his surname that <laughs> fucking killed me where they're just like Reggie and I was like wow alright we've evolved beyond feels of May, huh? he just doesn't need it and his um, uh, and his mother three badge they had just trolling everyone still constantly a, even after he's left that. Nintendo. <laughs> I really truly love that man. I really do. He's I think he's one of the most charming people on the earth. I would listen to him read the phone book. <laughs> I cannot wait for his book next year. I'm absolutely yeah. that's a day one purchase for me. I hope they do an audio book where he reads it because then I'm grabbing that. <laughs> I hope he does the taking names bit, you know, where he came out on E3 and I said this. That should be the, that should be the name of the book. <laughs> I know it should be the name of the book. I said that. I tweeted him when he said that. Making games and taking yeah. names. The Reggie feels amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I wish that he would, like, start a talk show or, like, a podcast or something. Like, I just want to hear from him more, you know? I want to hear him talk every yeah. week. I still need to check out that Xbox roundtable that he did where he yes, was he was there getting... like interviewing the Xbox and Bethesda teams and talking about 20 years of Xbox. I, I haven't checked that out, but but it's Reggie, so I need to I need to go watch it. Maybe I'll do that today. Well, either way, shout out. Shout out to Reggie. Great to see him. Great to see him uh whenever they roll him out. So, you know, this next comment I want to read. This one comes from Rocky. Uh, and I think this is funny because it I think it speaks to what we're talking about, right? Like, so Rocky wrote in and said, while I wish there was a first party Nintendo announcement like Zelda, Metroid, etc. I still came away with eight different things I'm looking forward to. Sonic Frontiers for Spoken, Cuphead DLC, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak DLC, Tunic, Somerville, Sonic 2 film and the Halo live action series. Oh, and I almost forgot. I'm also interested by the surprise announcement of the Wonder Woman game, which I think could be a, su- a unique superhero game. I hope to see more info on the game soon. So, first of all, um, a great list there, Rocky. I think you you hit a lot of my highlights as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's funny, right? And it speaks to what Griffinix wrote in about, where it's like, that's the takeaways. It's oh. How cool does this game look? Or how cool is that trailer? Or what? And it's not about the show. Not like it's congrats not about to It award. Takes Two, or I wish Metroid had won the game of the year, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, where's that, that yeah. conversation? Yeah. And I think it's because more and more the awards feel tertiary. You know? Also, it makes me laugh that we did a whole episode of Nintendo Noise discussing possible announcements from Nintendo, and they weren't even at the show other than like an mm-hmm. advert and. And Doug Bowser coming up to accept an award. That was it. And it kind of makes me feel like the connection that Jeff had with Nintendo died off with Reggie. Because when Reggie was on stage, they kind of had that rapport of like, yeah, you know, we've been here every year since it began. You know, I love what Jeff does. You think he's not not tight with Dougie? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. He's not in with Bowser. I wonder if they haven't haven't had time to, like, get to know each other. You know, like, think about it. Like, Doug's only been... The, the president of Nintendo of America for what five years? Two of those years are COVID years. Is it five years? I thought it was less than that. Maybe it is only four because it's been since we've been doing stuff, right? No, uh, right before. By the time you and I no, were podcasting, definitely not. Like we we had spoken about like goodbye, Reggie. We done a we did like a goodbye episode. Are you sure? Yeah. 
Okay, no, yeah, you're right. He succeeded him in 2019. Yeah, it's like two years. That's it. So he's yeah. been there so then, since COVID, basically. Okay. That makes sense. Damn. Yeah, that sucks. He was only he only had like a few like months before <laughs> everything like, was on fire. Have fun. <laughs> yes, they probably don't, they probably don't know each other that well. Yeah, but I think I think it makes sense as to why Nintendo weren't really there then because they they just don't have that connection it seems like jeff is very much like no he's a people person he gets to know the people within the studios you can see that with like his connection with kojima it wasn't a connection with konami it was definitely the person that's making the games rather than yeah um, like the company yeah for sure um so we had two we had two comments come in that i thought were funny this first one comes from ray from the community who wrote it and said i like the sonic trailers and then uh, Harris uh, Ninjinsky wrote in and said, is it bad that I was most hyped about the Sonic 2 movie trailer? <laughs> First of all, what's up, Harris? Thanks for writing in, buddy. Uh, good to hear from you. Um, so funny because uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, no, I, like genuinely, that trailer was hype as fuck. It was. Like, and we, how, good was how good was Ben Schwartz like beforehand, right? He's funny. He's a great he guy. Was, he was the best of yeah. any of the celebrity presenters. He was the only one who I thought was was good. Yeah, he was really good. And obviously the Jim Carrey phone in bit was 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 funny. Um I, I definitely even that was like a little that. much for me. Like it, it went a little long, but like it wasn't as bad as Keanu, like, the game was 2021, like, freaking out every two seconds. Although, let's be real, though. I love Keanu Reeves. Like, the fact Me that too. he's just like, like, I, I just think he's so fucking good. Like, he's like, 2020, and he just keeps moving his arms. They're cutting away, and his arms are still fucking moving. I'm like, what are you doing? He I know, looks like yeah. a kid who won't, he's got to go to the bathroom, you know? Like, I know, and there's just Carrie Ann Moss just stood next to him, like, what the fuck is going on? She's just stood there like, like I have I've been working no with this idea. guy for years. What is wrong with him? <laughs> I think Keanu's like got to that point in his career where he's just like, I don't give a shit. I can be myself. I can be goofy and like hilarious. And like he's been doing the rounds on his like press tour at the moment. The Verge did an interview and I, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen the clip when they ask him about NFTs. And he, he's just like howling at the concept of like, Oh, so it's not reproducible? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. He's a fucking clown, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I appreciate his his brand of oddness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I thought that that trailer looked great. Like I I enjoyed the the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I thought it was like a cute, like it was fun. It was a cute kids movie, right? Um, but this one, like. I'm like, what? Like, we're getting into like the fucking like lore oh, yeah. now. The chaos like, emeralds like, and stuff. Well, cause like I feel like the first movie felt in a weird way, it felt like a good version of like an early two thousands type adaptation where like if you remember like all of the like superhero or video game or comic book movies from that time, it was always like, Yeah, like it's it's a Sonic movie. Like Sonic's the main character and everything, but it it feels like a little like embarrassed by its source material where it's like we're gonna ground it in this very real world scenario and it's it's a lot about the human characters and sonic's like a fish out of water kind of thing and you know like it it was a fun movie but it didn't necessarily feel like sonic sonic whereas like this it's like okay fucking 
all bets are off. Jim Carrey's bald and he's got a crazy mustache and tails and knuckles are going to show up in the same movie. Oh, the yeah. biplane is here. The chaos emeralds are here. Knuckles is working for Robotnik. <laughs> like we're just going for it. We're going for it. And it's like it, it's definitely hitting those big nostalgic ways for me, you know. So um, I'm I'm really excited for. That. I went from being like, yeah, I'm sure that'll be fun. Like I'm excited to see Tails and Knuckles. That'll be cool. Whatever. I like the first one fine. To being like, I'm genuinely excited for this movie now. It looks really cool. good. Yeah, and uh, the character designs they nailed them this time. Obviously, they fucked up the first time and they had to re-render. But Tails looks adorable. I cannot wait to see see the the new characters in there and the plane as well's in there. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. so classic. It's gonna be great. Have you seen the poster for it? It's like honestly the best movie poster I feel like I've seen in like ten years. Oh, I know I haven't seen it. No, I'll have to check it out because it just actually like you know how like every movie poster now has that weird like there's like a big background image and then it's a bunch of like disembodied heads and like well, they're all of, in, like yeah, a big yeah. Unless you know what I mean? Like unless every it's Marvel. Like a, a, no, the way this unless it's like a Sony Spider-Man poster when they're just terribly photoshopped. They are so bad. Those well, posters. Even that though, a bunch of them are like that, where it's just like, oh, like here's like a bunch of characters splattered on a page. Like this is, it's like Sonic and Tails in the biplane. Robotnik's like behind them, and like I don't know, it just looks really good. Like oh, it it's does, a really yeah. nice poster. It really captures it's a good, it's, like the essence of what the the movie is, doesn't it? I, I, I feel like they're getting the vibe down yeah. with this one, you know, and like I'm I'm into that. Um, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't I, I I'm with you there, Harris. I think I think it's uh, I think it's good. I think it's going to be a good one. But what did you think about Frontiers? We got a first like glimpse. Uh, uh, we had the reveal of it before, which didn't have a name, but we've got a glimpse now of, of Sonic Frontiers. They finally solidified the name. This open world Sonic game that's coming in 2022. Uh, obviously, yeah. we didn't see any gameplay. It was a cinematic trailer, but I think it can kind of give a sense of what they're they're aiming for. It kind of looked like Breath of the Wild meets Sonic. I was I was very much excited for it. Yeah, it's so funny. My friend uh, Ed from uh, the Gamer Delphio podcast he he shared a meme with me that was like. Any any character standing out over like a big green field, everyone's just like, "Oh, is this Breath of the Wild?" Looks like Breath of the Wild. But it was like, like Breath. Oh. Of the, it definitely was like that because yeah. you had it looking out over the green the area. Scope. Yeah, that like rotation camera around the character, combined with the post-apocalyptic world, it very much seems to have a similar aesthetic and a similar vibe to it. And I, I'm here for it. I think it looks. I think it looks fantastic. And I've been excited for a. Uh, a good 3d sonic for a long time but you compare that that photo to the like the screenshot they've got of where sonic's like standing over and there's like a tower in the distance and these like luscious green fields combined with with rocks and um like destroyed buildings and stuff it very much looks like Breath of the Wild, and I don't really care to be honest I think that's a great game to take inspiration from and I think it's about time we saw the the fruits of people's labors in in copying elements of that game obviously we know nintendo took elements from say far cry and um skyrim and those those western rpgs so why not have other developers take elements that really work yeah i i agree um i think for me i'm like it's the name of the game when it comes to like a sonic project is cautious optimism um <laughs> yeah because 
like I've just played so many bad Sonic games. It's like I can't see a new Sonic game and, and be like, is it going to be a good one or a bad one? Because I don't know. It's like it feels like it's like if for every one good one, you get like three bad ones. So that's true. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feels like we're ready for a good one, though. I, I do I wonder so. how well this is going to perform when you've got Kirby, which very much seems like a similar style of game at 3D platformer in this like post-apocalyptic world. We'll just have to wait and see what the gameplay of the two games are like. Yeah, and I don't think it'll matter too much just because, like, they're so different, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I think is most interesting about the idea of, like, an open-world Sonic game is that I think the problem that 3D Sonic has run into kind of again and again is that the Sonic style of gameplay just doesn't work super well on 3D planes because, like, they do... Like, you think about, like, back to, like, the Sonic Adventure games, and a lot of them are, like... Hey, it's very much it's like cra- the Crash Bandicoot thing, right? Of like let's just take a 2D like run to the end of the level and put it in 3D. And that's kind of what I feel like a lot of the 3D Sonic games have done. Um and you end up running into a lot of those problems where like when you really start getting fast and then you start hitting walls or you fly off the edge or you jump and you know and like you end up somewhere else and there's like a lot of that where like the momentum gets broken up by the level design. And that's not obviously true across the board. There are examples of where they've na- nailed it and got it right. Um, but the idea of like an open world, I could see you really being able to take advantage of like sonic speed to be able to be like, there's a huge open plane. You can just run across it. Right. And like really like enhance that feeling of momentum and, and kind of like, getting to different spots and ideally like you know when you get to those spots having interesting things to do um i don't know it's it's tough like i feel like on one hand i feel like what you need to do to present sonic well and and correctly is it's like it feels like it should be so easy but then i think of like some of the directions they've tried to take him, and it's just like inherently a little weird you know they try to put him in these very like realistic kind of adult kind of cool situations and he's a cartoon hedgehog right and like i feel like we've got to find a way to like marry both of those things you know and like i look at like sonic mania and that was such a good like return to form for 2d sonic i would love to see that um i would love to see them hit that same mark with this game and like have a sonic game that feels essential and that feels like oh wow like this is a serious can you know that's like a game of the year contender kind of thing like that would be so cool you know but lord knows if if we'll ever see a game like that yeah i i I don't know if there's anything like that but then again we did have two two 3d platform games in line for game of the year this year we had um psychonauts 2 and ratchet and clank a rift apart so maybe we do get a sonic game next year that even it does hit that level platformer yeah so I mean, people are hungry for that that style and genre of games. So so why not? I think it all comes down to if it's good. Like if it's a yeah. great game, doesn't matter what the genre is. I really don't. You know, I don't. I don't think. I don't think any genre um, can't win game of the year. But you know, you've got a you've got a wow. So we, what we need is Sonic Shuffle two, and that will be awarded game of the year because because i feel like we do need some competition for mario party (laughs) so um speaking of the blue blur we had another comment from the community this one comes from olaf aka yarno who said it's all a blur for me but it was fine 
could have been way worse. I can see why it's all a blur. You went to sleep at like 5... Well, you finished watching us on stream at like 5.30 in the morning. So it makes sense (laughs) as to why it's a bit of a blur. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, this last one comes from that doc guy one of our patreon producers who said no no notable complaints or prayers there was nothing that stood out even on the award side i feel very lukewarm on it and that's it's funny because i agree feeling lukewarm but i don't feel like there weren't things that stood out you know we've already highlighted a couple things i think there are a lot of things that definitely stood out to me as being interesting obviously you know Issues with Quantic Dream aside, Star Wars Eclipse was definitely very interesting to me. I'm very excited by the idea of this Wonder Woman game. I feel like that has a lot of potential to be really cool. Um, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm and super that was for that. Right? No one knew that that was, that was coming, which was nice. It really had like a, a bit of an impact. I think the... The most exciting announcement for me, and not because I love the I've, I'm any good or I've played the game all that much, was the Cuphead DLC announcement. The way that they married that music presentation. I was the only good pre- music. Yeah, that was like the only good performance. <laughs> you know, like and then it went straight. The orchestra's into, cool too. I like the orchestra at the end of the it was thing cool, where they play yeah, all the yeah. music and they make it all come together. That's always a nice thing. But then it went into their typical charming, wonderful trailers that they do and this time it was like in that puppet style where you saw the you saw cuphead and his two um companion characters now because it seems like there's a third character which i don't think they've named yet she'd already been added in oh, okay. the previous update yeah um, um i've missed chalice I, for, I forget her name and then i love the fact that they've just called it dlc island it just it looks so good it looks really really looks good. like it's a lot too like it looks like there's a good amount of new material yeah, which I'm I'm uh, pleased about. I I really am, and I think the other standout one, really like standout one for me, was was Hellblade Two. We got a a good glimpse at how good that game looks. Like I was so yeah, surprised, it, and just how disgusting the skin coming off that giant was in the cave. It was like, ugh, what is this? It was it was vile. It has me really want to go back and and finally play the original. Um and then and yeah be ready for this one uh it it looks really good i i was really impressed by how that one looked um and before we get too too far away from it i did want to call out um in in case uh you didn't notice um the wonder woman game is worked on by um the uh the studio who did shadow of mordor and like the 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 shadow you know the 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 mordor series i guess because what is it it's shadow and then there's the other one rise or i forget but you know the ones I'm talking about. Those Lord of the Rings games. Yes, that with the nemesis, the nemesis system. Yeah. So that, uh, the idea of like something like that with Wonder Woman is hot. Like that would be really cool. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the DC side of things as well, uh, we got our first kind of extended look at Rocksteady's uh, Suicide Squad game. And obviously, you know, that's one that we knew existed um in name you know suicide squad killed the justice league and like they've been talking about it for forever but it's crazy because like rocksteady has been away for so long you know like the last arkham game that they worked on was night in 2014 i think or yeah 15. you gotta think that something they worked on got canned and then yeah they that's the rumor to this yeah uh, but yeah. it did look really good. I'm interested to learn more about that game because I think neither of us were clear as to 
as to how the gameplay works. Do you control all characters in tandem and you switch between them? Do you play like each character individually at certain points of the game? Or like different levels? Yeah, yeah like, is it like a, a party-based system? So I guess we'll find out in, in due course, but it did look really visually impressive and i'm i'm looking forward to to trying it i think you don't you disagree you don't think it looked great i feel cautious about it i really do um and it might be similar to like how i felt about the first look at guardians where it's like i don't know but then but once like, i was good that in... turned out to be exactly right so like i'm not i'm not down on it i'm not out on it but you know like i like rocksteady a lot you know like i think the first two arkham games are, are really really good um I didn't really love Arkham Knight. I think that game had a lot of problems, at least by my estimation. Um, but, you know, the, it certainly has its defenders. But uh, I don't know. Like, I I thought some of the stuff, like some of the momentum stuff looks good. Like, I, I remember, I think I think it was Harley Quinn and the way that she was like, she had like a kind of like a, like a hook shot kind of thing. It was like a and grapple they, they hook, would, yeah. Yeah, like the momentum looked good. The way the characters were moving and everything looked pretty cool. But... The um, the gunplay just didn't. I don't know. Like it, I feel like it looks a little stiff. It looks a little basic and like kind of generic, and that doesn't. I'm worried about that. Like I'm worried. But that, I feel like that about every Naughty Dog game, and it never detracts from my enjoyment of a Naughty Dog game. Like the gunplay is never great. Even in The Last of Us Two, I didn't think it was particularly appealing. But sure. if if the narrative's good, but I guess this is more of an action game, so you kind of do want that to be the Well, the and that focus. was gonna be that was gonna be my next point, is that I like there are games that I have played, the Naughty Dog games are a great example, where there are or like Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't think the combat in that in that game was was anything to write home about. It was serviceable, right? It was fine. Um, it was certainly not the thing that attracted me to that game. No, it was However, the narrative, which is why it won best narrative in the game. Right, once. which was cool to see, actually. Um, but yeah, with with Suicide Squad, it's like I have a lot of problems with it already, just from a story perspective. Because like the whole like okay, like the Justice League has been taken over by Brainiac, and you're gonna play the bad guys and go fighting and you know, quote unquote, kill the good guys. I doubt you'll actually kill them. Um, that is already a, a a story that I'm not inherently interested in. The whole like the good guys have turned evil is like kind of fucking played out. Um, if I'm being honest. And is that not I just think- the fact that that's a DC storyline though? And that is well, they've got to work with that's the source material. Or is there no, a lot I mean, more that's the to the Suicide is- Squad and they could have picked something else? Yeah, I mean, there's like, I don't know, there's so many different Suicide Squad stories, you know, like that's not like the thing that they do, you know, it's like there's been dozens and dozens of them um, with very, very different types of, you know, framing devices or whatever. Um, So you could have them do anything, you know, and like to do this, it's like on its face, I'm not inherently interested in that as a story of like, cool, the Justice League are evil, so play some bad guys and and beat them up, and okay, they're they're the heroes, right? All right, whatever. Also, like, if I can put on my, like, I'm a fucking comic book dork hat for a minute, none of these characters could beat the Justice League. Like, the characters in this group are not strong enough to kill the Justice League. But do they? Well, so, I, I guess maybe that's what we'll see in the story then. That they are not strong enough to beat the Justice League, and I can't imagine this will come to a 
full conclusion at the end of the game because I I guess they want to queue it up for a second a second one or maybe there's a, a Justice League game in the works mm. and you see the other side of the story I don't I don't know they were supposed cool. to be working on a Justice League game for a long time and apparently I don't know I don't know so I don't know you know I don't know like I, I'm willing to reserve judgment but I'm at a point where I feel like there's a lot of things about it that are giving me pause when I want to just be like excited and yeah. I'm not there yet you know, I'm more excited in the other uh, the Gotham Knights game that they have working where it's like you play as Batgirl and Nightwing and, and the other Robins and stuff. And like that, I think, seems more interesting. And that's from a studio that I'm not as into as Rocksteady. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm willing to to see more and give it a shot. And like, I like Rocksteady. I want to I want to show up for what they have to show. But. I don't know. I'm I'm a little iffy on it, if I'm being honest. And I hope it's a Guardians thing where I go in cautious and then I'm rewarded because it's actually good. But I don't, we'll see. We'll see. So another one we both had on our list was Forspoken, uh, which this is, feels like we've seen this game a lot now. Um, I think so this, I think this is we, only really like the second time, right? I think it's actually like the third or fourth time, but like the first time we saw it, it, I don't think it had a name. Like, I feel like it was like an untitled. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. But now I've seen this, like we've got a a much better glimpse at this and the, and the kind of the, the premise and the setup. It seems like we saw the character before she came into this alternate universe and bringing, uh, bringing brought um, to whoever the leader is of this, this alternate universe and stuff. And a lot more look at the, the kind of moment-to-moment action gameplay and the fact that the way you glide around the world and she's there, like, looking badass in a converse and, like, you know, bam, bam, bam with the, like, cool wristlet thing which talks to her on. I- I'm looking forward to this game. I think it looks phenomenal. Me too. Uh, the really fact that do. we got a release date is really exciting. May 24th. I'm super excited to, to get my hands on that one. Um, we also got a release date for Tunic, which I know we're both excited for. That's at March Hell 16th. Yeah. So we've got a lot of games lined up for the beginning of 2022 at this point. Yeah. And speaking of games that are at the beginning of 2022, we got that uh, additional trailer for Horizon. Oh, yes. I completely forgot that about that. That game yeah. looks so fucking good. Like, obviously, I'm a Horizon. F- I'm a big Horizon fan. I really love the original game. It was one of my favorites on the PS4. Um, I just love that world. Like, I, I really like the 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 universe that that Gorilla built there, and like the whole, you know. I, I obviously I don't know that it'll be as much of a, a a thing this time around, but the way that they kind of juggled the past storyline with the future storyline, Aloy as you know, maybe not like the most standout character, but a character who I I really really liked and I thought worked really well as like a. a you know, a strong, likable leading lady, obviously big fan of Ashley Birch. Like, I feel like Horizon only has things working in its favor, but this game just like, it really looks like they, they took all of the feedback, all of the criticism, all of like learnings from other games that came out since Horizon, like your Breath of the Wilds and whatever, and just like really upped their fucking game when it comes to like, movement and like the melee combat and i remember you called out they had the weapon wheel yeah it's like, like integrated into the into focus, the focus like, now so the ui is really kind of stepped up the design, like, so cool 
and like we, we got glimpses at a bunch of new machines and they had like way more unique attacks and yes, movement patterns yeah. and i'm glad they didn't really reveal too much of that as well because i really am excited just to, little to find them myself and learn the moves and learn what they do uh-huh. i don't want it all revealed to me i don't need to see any more of this game now uh, they can just release no. this now and not show another trailer and i feel like that's enough so i don't they- want another big glimpse of this one yeah, I'm good. I mean, if they if they show us one more like story trailer or something, I think I'd be okay with that. But like, I I don't need it. Like, I'm I'm in. I was already going to be in no matter what. But I'm they, they could have just released it with no marketing whatsoever, and you'd have been in. Let's be honest. And I would have been in and been like, game of the fucking year, everybody, <laughs> ten out of ten. Um, Until Breath of the Wild I, I also, two comes out, and then you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also. I also feel like um, if you haven't and you're interested, they, they put out a blog post on the PlayStation blog that's like all about how they're inc- improving like the AI of, of the enemies and um, particularly humans because they were like a little bit dumb in the first game. Mm. Um, just like it really feels like they really put a lot of attention into improving the tech and and like just making like building on the promise of what was there in the original. And I just feel like that game is going to be such a treat. I got to say, I'm so interested to see how this plays on last gen consoles compared with the ps5 that they're putting all that effort into new stuff visuals and the ai improvements that you mentioned how is that going to translate back to uh a now nine-year-old console next year i just i don't i don't know it'll be interesting to see Mm -hmm. um also uh speaking of things that i I'm, i'm pretty pretty excited um i uh we got the look at um, at the Halo show, which is looking pretty good. Like honestly, like I I don't have a ton of expectation for it, but like just the look at Chief and everything is like, damn, this looks better than I thought. It really does, you know. And so well directed. Like Steven Spielberg, obviously is is behind it or on the on the team at the very least. I think it looks phenomenal. Like visually impressive cinematic i don't like that it's exclusive to paramount plus which has screwed over customers in the the uk i don't know if you saw how that worked anyone outside of the us they pulled star trek um discovery from other platforms the night before it was due out and uh, said it's exclusive on paramount plus and said it's coming in the new year for everyone else and everyone went livid about it and they ended up having to find some random platform called pluto to put it on and we're just like people are just like what the fuck is pluto so yeah they're they're not in people's good books at the moment but seemingly this looks good i just i don't want to subscribe to get another service you know i don't know i I just really don't um just to watch the halo show but but i'm saying that i probably will because it's halo and it looks really really cool yeah, I, I think I'll probably wait and maybe do like a, a binge watch yeah. a trial and watch the whole thing and be like, cool, see you yeah. for season two. Um, but uh, speaking of like some story driven stuff, uh, we got a look at the return of Telltale um, with their first um, their first, I guess, post revival project. Yeah, the Expanse. Um, which is, yeah, the Expanse, uh, a Telltale series, which is, of course, based on the amazon prime series of the same name uh and then we also got a look at um star trek it was star trek resurgence which is being made by dramatic labs 
uh, which is made up of like a bunch of telltale veterans who had worked on stuff like The Walking Dead and um, I think some of the Wolf Among Us team as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's uh, they list Batman, The Walking Dead, and Game of Thrones. So it feels um, like they're the kind of the new Telltale, the true Telltale, and who knows who's working at Telltale who actually worked on this kind of game beforehand. Presumably yeah. there are some veterans there, but I know they laid off all of their staff and kind of went bust, didn't they? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those play out, but I am notoriously a sucker for those kinds of games. Um, I love a good choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, I've historically been a big fan of Telltale stuff, even though I did, I did feel like it started to show its age in the last couple they put out. So I'm hoping Just that we see them. graphically or in terms of how it played out? I think it was a mixture of like the graphical style was always fine for me, but it was like the, the, they didn't improve their engine over time. Like it was like they got really popular and rather than reinvesting in like improving their tech and making their engine smarter, it was like they just kept putting out more games and making new teams. And like it felt like they were growing, but not improving. And that was something that I think after a while um, led to some kind of diminishing returns, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, I really liked their Batman uh, series. I thought that was really good, and that was one of the last things they did. Um, but there were a few around that time that were, like, not... Like, I played the Game of Thrones one. They did that Minecraft one as well, right? Minecraft story. Yeah, and that was, that was even good. Um, so, you know, they, they, they definitely were still putting out good stuff, but I, I feel like it hit a point where, you know... Um, so it was kind of like, okay, format. now what? Yeah, we've we've kind of you've, yeah, you've done this. Like, you can't you can you do more, right? Like, what else is there? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you'll feel that uh, way so, with something like uh, Life is Strange at some point? It was just like you need to really kind of progress this and move. And move that's the thing is, they have right. Like, Life is Strange to uh, Life is Strange two. There's a huge jump in the the quality of the technology, and they you know like had very different way that you progress through the game because in the first game you have powers in the second game you take care of somebody that has powers right and like that had a totally different flow to it and then true colors different power set different environment different uh pacing of the story like it feels like they're constantly evolving that like if you look at what the original life is strange looks like versus what they look like now there's a clear growth right and i feel like telltale didn't really have that Mm-hmm. That's fair and enough. that's that's what I think we need to see. So I know you've got a couple more on your list, uh, like Alan Wake Two. Yeah, I'm just very excited. You know, this is Control's first foray into survival horror, which is a genre, a, a genre I actually enjoy playing. Unlike Pete, who's not going to play Slitherhead, unfortunately, I'm going to end up. You will play that. I know. Yeah, um, and. And I loved what they did with Control. Obviously, we've just got the Alan Wake remaster. I think I may end up picking that one up because it's a game I've never played, and I, I know you haven't either. It might be quite a cool one to for one of us to to stream and kind of see what it's all about. Uh, in uh, just ready for for Alan Wake too, which which looked cool. Yeah, they kind of did the fake out thing. People were wondering what it was, and then it's Alan Wake too because obviously it's a a different take on the game. It's a uh, a new genre that they're taking that game into, which I think will be yeah will be awesome. Yeah, very interesting to see, and I mean it. It, it makes sense why we had the big uh, remaster and everything so recently. It's it's cool to see them bringing that back because obviously it's a franchise that means a lot to a lot yeah. of people. Um, folks, folks seem pretty excited about that, so that's going to be cool. 
Uh, all right. So then the last thing that we'll talk about um, before we get into just the results of our predictions and we call it a day here is the Matrix Unreal Engine 5 demo, um, which is already out. I know we had to talk about it a little bit during the stream. You've since played it. Um, what's what's the deal? Oh, my is God. It? It's it's insane. So it very much is a tech demo. Like, don't go into this expecting gameplay or anything. You're just essentially, after you get through the first bit where they're, like, talking about the Matrix and blah, 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 uh, and you do, like, a bit of gunplay and, like, a chase scene, it very much feels like that car chase bit from Cyberpunk. And um, you then are in an open world and you're just wandering around and you can use a drone and stuff. But you can go into the settings and it's really cool that like, you can turn on and have a look at what Nanite's doing behind the scenes. You can oh, see really? what the lighting's doing. You can just fly this drone around, and you just see like the Nanite triangles like adapting and moving. And and visually, it is That's insane. Neat. It's so cool. I think it's really made me think what these consoles are actually capable of. We've we've had now a year of these consoles with just cross-gen games, and nothing's really taken advantage of it. Obviously, Unreal Engine Five isn't fully out yet it's in early access for developers and people are still working with it but yeah download this demo if you're interested in seeing what your console can actually do and what it's capable of because my god it's insane how realistic some of this looks the people are a little bit uncanny valiant at times like you see uh keanu and uh carrie ann moss and you're just like oh god they look a little bit a little bit too realistic i wonder if that will be better either like as people get more familiar with the tech, obviously that'll get better. But I wonder if that, if part of that is because it's famous people. Yeah, because right? you We're know like, what Keanu Reeves, yeah. looks, Reeves looks like, and it doesn't. It, it kind of looks like him, but yeah. not really. You know, like obviously that wasn't so much of a problem in, in Cyberpunk, but mm-hmm. yeah, well, uh, it's newer you know, tech. It's it's so it's so awesome, and like you can fly the drone around, and you can have a look in the buildings, and like each each room in the buildings are all like modeled and stuff, and you can like see inside of it. You can flick between night and day. Uh, it's it's you can drive cars. You can just get in one and go for a drive. It it's it's a impressive tech demo, and I think it does demonstrate what is possible with with Unreal Engine five. Um, and Microsoft came out and said that the coalition worked on it, so I'm I'm excited to see what what they can do now for like a, a new gears and stuff. I think it could be really, really awesome. It is really exciting to see that. Like we just have so far to go, you know, like between here and now, like there's so many, um, like we haven't even scratched the surface of what these consoles are really capable of, you know, and they already look and run better. And mm-hmm. that's just so exciting. Yeah. It's- it feels like, you know, I remember last generation, um, the jump between the PS3 and the PS4 and like the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One, it it was significant, but it didn't feel like a titanic shift. And I remember there being a lot of conversation of like, we'll never see a jump like that again. Like we won't. But I feel like this feels like a bigger leap forward than maybe I realized, you know, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It's exciting. It's exciting to think that we've got, we've uh, got, you know, some new, mountains yet to climb but also that you know as this tech becomes more powerful you'll be able to make better higher quality games cheaper and i feel like you'll probably see more of those like you know um double outer world Mm -hmm. style like they're like you know uh, 
they're kind of akin to what double A games used to be, but they're with the quality of a triple A game. Yes, you know, yeah. well, because we're, we're a quadruple A now, Pete. You know, yeah. we've got the initiative. They've got their first cool. quadruple A game coming out with Perfect Dark. Um, I, I think everyone should should download this though. I was I was playing it and Macaulay was was watching and was like that's not gameplay though is it I was like yeah this is all rendered in real time like it's not just it's not a cutscene like this is actually what the the stuff will look like and then we got into that open world section and they're a big fan of GTA and they were like can you imagine what like a what GTA six is going to look like in with stuff like this because it feels like you're in an actual world like GTA never quite feels like it's a fully fleshed out world like at the time obviously I think. People were were extremely impressed with it, but but now there's the sheer scope, and you just look up and the size and the and the depth of the buildings and the world you're in, and just the sheer number of cars and people that are rendered. You can, that's another one of the filters you can turn on. You can you can see what the AI is doing at any given time and how the cars adapt to what you're doing in the that's game. Really cool. It's it's awesome. I gotta check it out. All right, so let's close out the show here with our the results of our predictions. So uh, I'll go through each category. We'll say, uh, oh, I guess, hmm. All right, here's what we'll do. I'll read what we both said, and then you read the winner. Got it? Of course, yeah. Got it, okay. So we'll go in reverse order. Uh, so for most anticipated game, I had Breath of the Wild 2. You had Elden Ring. Elden Ring won. We know this one. I was very happy with that, yeah. Uh, so one point for Steve. Debut Indie. We both uh, voted Forgotten City. It did not win. What was the winner? Kena. Kena Bridge of Spirits won. Here we go. Good one. Good to see that. You know, Cool mm-hmm. to see that, uh, that Ember Labs uh, getting some attention with their first game. Uh, best multiplayer game. I guessed It Takes Two. You guessed Monster Hunter Rise. It Takes Two won. Yeah, and I was annoyed at myself for doing that because I think I was just like, oh, I don't want to pick the same one as you. And I should have yeah. done because It Takes Two was up for Game of the Year. So it was kind of like, it's probably going to win, right? It's, it's good enough to be Game of the Year. So it's probably going to win the subcategories. Who's to say? In this case, yes. Uh, best sport game, we both guessed Forza. We were right. For best sim sl- stra- slash strategy, we both guessed Age of Empires 4. We were both right. For best, I'm just running through them like Jeff now. Uh, for best family game, uh, we both guessed Mario Party Superstars, and we're both wrong. No, it was It Takes Two. Again, winning the subcategory. Clean it up. Yeah. They won so many awards last night. Um, we really got to play that game. Uh, best RPG went, uh, I guessed Shin Megami Tensei Five. you guessed Monster Hunter Rise, and I remember this one went to Tales of Arise. It did go to Tales of Arise, yes. Yeah, I remember thinking that was too niche. Um and and yet I picked Shin Megami Tensei. So what do I know? <laughs> uh, action adventure. We both guessed Metroid, and of course Metroid won uh, the one win for Nintendo for the night. Unfortunately, um, but hey, good one to win on. Uh, for best action game, we both guessed Deathloop, and that was wrong. It was. It was Returnal. Surprising, really surprising. Yeah. Uh, well deserved. House Marks a great studio. Awesome to see them finally get some attention. Um, and I'm sure Sony's happy to see that their brand new acquisition won a game award. <laughs> For best indie, I guessed Death's Door. You guessed Loop Hero. And the winner was? Kina. So it got between this one up and debut indie. Got both. Good to see for them. 
Uh, for games for Impact, I guessed Life is Strange. You guessed Chicory, and Life is Strange did actually take it home. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the team uh, over at Deck Nine Games, uh, one of my favorites of the year. For best audio design, I guessed Forza. You guessed Resident Evil Village, and Forza took it home. For score and music, we both guessed Guardians of the Galaxy. It did not take that home, uh, and instead it went to... Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. What a title. For best <laughs> art direction, uh, we I guessed Ratchet & Clank. You guessed Psychonauts 2. This one ended up going to Deathloop as it well. It did, yeah. yeah which makes sense, I think. That world is one of the most striking things about it. Um. For narrative, I guess it takes two. You guess life is strange, and it was actually Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it which, was. I think we know, did this one before you started playing that game, right? We did our predictions. No, no, no. I had played it, and I said I loved the story, but I didn't think other people would oh, maybe okay. appreciate it as much as I did. Um, I think I should have went with my gut on that one. Definitely. Uh, but anyway, best game direction. I uh, guess Death Loop. You guessed it takes two. Death Loop took it. Great mm-hmm. to see. Well-deserved for Mark Cain. Um, you know, I think direction and game design are really the things that they they are the best at, you know? Um, so really nice to see them get that attention. And I know that um, I'm forgetting the name of the director for Deathloop, but this was the first game that he had ever directed. Oh, so, interesting. Oh, that's um, great then. Really cool to get your first your first game to win best direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think he's got a lot more games to direct ahead of him. Definitely. Uh, which is great to see. Uh, and then for game of the year, we both guessed Metroid Dread, and it went to It Takes Two. Getting to see Joseph Farris come back up again. Uh, talk about how everybody should have kids. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so strange. It was like, uh, everyone should have kids. I love my kids. So if you don't have have any, go get some. It was like, what? So go out and get some. It was like, what? It was like, I was up here. Uh, two years ago saying fuck the Oscars and now the Oscars really did get fucked because this is better, <laughs> better than ever and I was like Joseph oh my god you could just see Jeff you, like cringing a little bit like oh shit I've got to let him get like, up on stage again what the fuck is again. this guy going to say this time <laughs> he's, he's a whack job man I love, I love that guy I love him so much he's so funny he's, he's big chaotic energy uh, and I'm, I'm here for it Yeah. so uh, shout out to all of the award winners, uh, especially those of you who got to go up on stage and talk. Uh, for those of you who didn't, um, you know, shout out for your wins. Um, really, really great slate of uh, of games this year. So nice to see some of the better ones take some some awards home. Um, you know, so yeah, overall, I'd say a mixed bag this year for yeah. the game awards, but still an enjoyable enough show. Um, I really hope that some of our criticisms are addressed moving forward, but I have a feeling that this is the trajectory the show is on um, for as long as it makes sense for it to be. And I think considering people seem to react more to the trailers and the hype and all that stuff. um, Yeah, I kind of think this is the shape of things to come. Um, And I love hype. I'm not against hype, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I would love to see it be more about the last year's achievements than what's next. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, we have all the time in the world to talk about what comes next. Although I do think this needs to be shifted later, or at least the nomination cutoff needs to be shifted. Later. I still think that I think the fact that Forza won two categories, but got snubbed for even being nominated in the game of the year category. And on top of that, 
I think the fact that Halo won the Player's Choice Award and it came out after the nominations had closed, it was just like this. That game could have clutched game of game of the year or another one of the categories, maybe best like action game or something, and it didn't get an opportunity to. I think it needs to be pushed either later into December or into January. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it be like the last two weeks of the year or something like that. Yeah, because nothing's coming out then anyway. It usually comes out like early December at the latest. I just, you know, stuff just gets forgotten about. Halo's not going to be in the running for Game of the Year or anything next year because it will be forgotten about. It won the Player's Choice Award. I do. I generally do. It'll show up in a couple of categories. Cyberpunk showed up in a couple of categories this year. Yeah, but it didn't win. <laughs> I wonder why, it though. It didn't deserve to win, <laughs> No, yeah, that's true. Halo deserves it. You mean Cyberpunk didn't deserve best RPG? What are you talking about, Pete? No. I mean, that's the thing. I, I like. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But I, I do think that there's a lot of room for, like, the really, really standout games get attention the next year. Smash did. I think Halo will. I really hope so. I do hope so. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast. I hope you enjoyed our watch along and our debrief of this year's Game Awards. Uh, we will be back next week with something else for you. Yeah, we will. And we'll be talking okay. about stuff on uh, Nintendo Noise as well. So. Go check that out on Wednesday. Who knows what we'll be talking about because I haven't figured out a category. or a, a It won't be the Game yet. Awards, though. It won't It'll be the be Game something Awards, else. no. So if you have <laughs> any suggestions, write into us. Questions at flipscreen.games or come into our Discord. Tweet us, either both of us personally or on the Flipscreen Games Twitter account. Just let us know. Something. Something. <laughs> Give us something to talk about. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thank you again, everybody who tuned in. Remember, if you want to show your support, there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Head over to flipscreen.games. we got links to everywhere we are all over the web. Come join the Discord. Come be a part of the community. Come be a part of the conversation by writing into the show. If you want to go above and beyond and show your support, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash flipscreengames, where we've got a ton of perks and goodies, including an exclusive weekly podcast, our Twitch archive. Uh, you can become a Patreon producer. All kinds of great stuff for you to collect and uh, check out over there. Um, so yeah, we hope you'll show your support however you can and that you've enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed putting it on for you. So with that, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We've been Flip Screen. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.